Hello and welcome to By the Ghost Light, your friendly neighborhood podcast brought to you by your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. My name is Ryan. My name's Cassie. I guess that makes you Ghost Spider. I go with whatever you do at this point. Gwen, I don't know. Whoever you want to be swinging in out of uh, New York City. But I, here in my own little corner, in my own little part of Northwest Ohio, received a piece of mail yesterday morning, Cassie, that I have not opened because I needed to open it with you. Oh, God. I'm scared. From the legendary composer behind Jesus Christ Superstar, Evita, Cat's Phantom, comes something bad. Did I get a flyer? A fold-out flyer for Bad Cinderella that's also a poster? Oh, my God. It's hideous. It's so bad. It's so bad. Thank you, Andy, for sending this to me. Um, I appreciate it. Is this because it's you're so such bad. a patron of the New York arts? I must be. I don't know. It's uh, it's an auto mailer that they sent to everybody, I guess. It's for tickets. Um, you can get uh, back of the orchestra seats for as low as $69. Mezzanine tickets as low as $39, which I kind of love that. Yeah, that's pretty good for Broadway. Uh, it is a magical musical. One of mm. Andrew Lloyd Webber's best, says the Telegraph. I mean, that's a low bar. A big, colorful, fun fairy tale rewrite that turns the story on its head, says the New York Times. A glitter ball hit, says the Daily Mail. Oof. Five stars, bewitching melodies, whip smart humor and heart. It's a blast, says the Guardian. A hilarious triumph, says the Evening Standard. So the logo, I hadn't seen like the full logo. It is Andrew Lloyd Webber's Bad Cinderella, uh, subtitled An Unconventional Fairy Tale. And they're doing this whole thing with the, like, I don't know if it is a can of spray paint or if yeah. it's hairspray. No, it's spray paint. I think it's spray paint, but it could be both. Because they did that whole gag, remember, where they had the logo, like, without bad on it. And then the mm-hmm. actress came up with her can of spray paint and made it bad, Cinderella. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber just wants to be Banksy. Conspiracy plot twist of the year. Banksy is Andrew Lloyd Webber. You heard it here first, folks. Done. That is canon. That is just fact now. I don't care that it's far-fetched and impossible. It is canon. It's canon. Uh, It's canon. So, yeah, I got a bad Cinderella mailing to my physical house. I can't make this up. Wow. And that's the show for this week. Thank you very much. We have nothing more exciting than that. What? How could we possibly top that? Uh, we can't. Speak for yourself. They released clips from Secret Garden this week, Ryan. They sure it's, did. It's all I've been sending anybody on TikTok. Listen, uh, that set is amazing. Oh, my God. I want to see this production so badly. That set looks so good. I saw the clip of... Um, Oh, why is her name escaping me? Sierra Bodges. No, the other one playing Martha. Julie Lester. Julie Lester? Oh, that sounds right. She was into the woods. She was Little Riding Hood into the woods. I saw a clip of her singing Hold On, which is like just about my favorite song from that show. And Chase came down in the middle of me listening to that. And without looking up, I was just like, we need to go to Los Angeles. Perfect. Like now. Well, you can see that and Rogers. So exactly, you know, perfect. Worth it. But no, this production looks absolutely stunning. It's so cool. I really want it to transfer to Broadway. 
it's the right amount of grand that this show needed i think it's very Mm -hmm. big and airy and open somehow i i like it i don't know how you move it to a tiny new york theater but yeah but i want them to because i cannot get to los angeles before march 23rd when the when the run ends but the there is a there is a more conceivable likelihood that I can get to New York to see it if it transfers. I forget about this musical so much, and it, it I shouldn't because I love it. Um, but it's just it's not a showy, flashy musical. Like it's not. There's no show stopping number in it, really. No, it's just really pretty. It honestly, it's so pretty, and what's the right word? It's lyrical. It's lyrical, and it just has, like, this air and aura about it. You just kind of sit in that sweet spot and you yeah. just kind of live in it for two hours. It kind of reminds me of an Andrew Lloyd Webber show in that vein. Shush. Hush you. Hush <laughs> you. Andy could not have written Secret Garden no. as well. No. But I, I directed Secret Garden five years ago, and it's it's among one of my favorite productions that I've directed, even with all of the insane absolutely cursed things that happened to this production i'll talk about that sometime like when you talk about a curse hitting your show like oh my god this show but truly stunning performances it's such a beautiful script the music is absolutely gorgeous and i just i love the show so much and i'm really excited to see what new things they're doing with it for this production speaking of new things and new shows Mm mm-hmm Things are happening over on the Broadway. Previews are in full swing for Sweeney Todd, and we've seen some photos. And Josh Groban, it looks incredible. They all do. Yeah. We're all very excited. But this is happening, and I'm 100% behind it. And I keep forgetting that uh, Jordan Fisher's in this show. Jordan Fisher's in the show. He plays Anthony. He does have third billing, which is good. Yeah, know. that makes sense. Yeah, there's there's Josh and Annalie and then everybody else. He's the first of everyone else. So that's good. And that's going and that's happening. But I saw some production photos of an upcoming uh, season of television. I didn't know I needed Alan Cumming to play Sweeney Todd. Right. Uh, uh, Chicago's coming. Chicago is coming. It's coming in April. It's coming a lot sooner than I thought it was. Um, and it looks so good. It took me a long time to watch Schmigadoon because I didn't have Apple TV. Sure. And then I had to watch um, Spirited for a podcast. You know. Why would you do that? And so I got Apple TV and then I was like, well, now I need to watch all of the Apple TV shows that I haven't watched. And so I watched like all of Schmigadoon in a night because you can. Yes, absolutely can. 100% can. I'm so excited to watch them shift from this like golden age of musicals into the like 60s and 70s yep. darker grittier Ariana DeBose looks like uh, the MC from Cabaret Yeah, looks so good yeah and then uh, we have Alan Cumming as Sweeney and then I think Kristen Chenoweth is supposed to be Mrs. Lovett but she might also be Somebody somebody on TikTok said Miss Hannigan, like a hybrid Hannigan, of Miss Hannigan yeah. and, and Mrs. Lovett. Yeah, I I yes to both. Uh and Aaron Tavate is not his name. Tavate. Aaron Tavate. It it is Aaron Tavate. Uh I know this now. I know things now, Cassie. 
<laughs> but he somehow looks like he's in Godspell and hair. I didn't see Godspell until somebody pointed out, but it's it is the hairdo that uh-huh. evokes Victor sure Barber is. in Godspell. Sure does. But like I saw the costume and went that's hair. I'm really excited to see how they incorporate this idea of the same actors mm-hmm. in whatever like mythical magical musical land that Cecily Strong and Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, I was thinking Jordan Peele, and I was like, that's Jordan the other Fish. one. Um, Jordan Peele's the other one. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who does scary movies. Right, exactly. One I of was them like, does scary not... movies. And one of them was in Parks One of them and does Rap. scary movies, and one of them does <laughs> musical send-ups, and they yeah. were the greatest improv team of all time. Yes. That makes sense. And this is like, I had the wrong name in my brain. Um, it's not a good night with me and names, apparently. Um, apparently not. But, so... Like, with them going into this, like, new magical musical place, and it's the same actors, but presumably they're playing different characters. Yes. Kind of kind of like American Horror Story. Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they approach that reality. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not well, but I don't think I care. But I'll have fun. I'm look. I'm gonna watch this. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what really matters. Absolutely. Right? Uh, so we do have a few more shows opening and closing and moving around, and it's all interesting. Um, did you uh, did you hear about this corn show? I have heard just a very little bit about this corn show called Shucked. I don't Shucked. know anything else about it except the title and that apparently it's been this big secret on Broadway. Like nobody really knows anything about it. Seems like that's the case. Um, it went into previews uh, tonight. Tonight, March 8th, of, as of this recording. So I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about it next time. Um, so we're calling our shot now that this is something we want to talk about. Uh, let me read you the uh, blurb here. Shucked. What do you get when you pair a semi-neurotic New York comedy writer with two music superstars from Nashville? Not the plot of this show. Those are the authors. Uh, a, a hilarious and audacious farm-to-fable musical about the one thing Americans everywhere can't get enough of. Corn. Shucked is the new musical comedy that proves sometimes tearing down a few walls, rather growing them, is the only way to preserve our way of life. Shucked is about to turn Broadway on its ear and offer a kernel of hope no. for our divided nation. I hate it so much. It features a book by Robert Horn and score by the National Songwriting Team, Brandy Clark and Shane McAnally. McAnally? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Yeah, it's an open-ended run. Previews start tonight, and I have no idea what this is going to be. It is in the Nederlander, which is great. Fantastic. I know nothing. I want to know more. We'll go from there. You sent me a TikTok today about a show going across the pond. I did. So um, I did not know this was happening until you sent me that. Everybody's favorite. Well, every listener of this podcast's favorite um, alma mater produced Broadway show. Yes. BGSU's Tony Award winning. The Strange Loop. 
is headed to London, which is really it is. exciting. It's super cool. Good job, Jimmy. Good job, Shout Jimmy. Out Jimmy. Getting that show over to England. They are doing a summer run, basically, at the Barbican Theater, uh, June 17th through September 9th. Casting casting still to be announced, so I'm wondering if they'll be able to take original cast over. That'd be great. Or how much. That would be really cool, especially since it's such a short run. The Barbican feels like so. a good place for it. I've been to that theater. I almost fell asleep during a dance show in that theater. Oh, nice. Yeah. So this will be better. <laughs> Listen, it's not that the dance show was bad. It's that they scheduled us to watch a show that started at 9 p.m. The day mm-hmm. after we landed in London from Ohio. Oof. And we were all so jet lagged. And it was a dance show. So there's like, there's no dialogue. There's no singing. Yep. There's nothing to grab onto. It's You're just, just watching. just dancing, telling the story of the Pied Piper is what we saw. It oh, through good. like an urban rap lens. But without dialogue. But without dialogue. And we were just all so tired. Good, 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 good. Don't know how else you would want to watch a dance show like that beyond just exhausted. So listeners of this show who have uh, followed us along from the beginning here, uh, remember all of the shenanigans we talked about at Leah Michelle's expense, whether or not she can read. Uh, And then also uh, that I did get to see her do her thing in Funny Girl. It is the single greatest individual performance I've ever seen and will probably ever see. And Funny Girl is now set to close. But they're not going to close until September. And they've gotten Leah Michelle, uh, Raymond Karimlu, and a handful of others to extend their run through closing date. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting to me. It means that it means the people there are having a good time. Yeah, enough that they're willing to stay and extend. I don't know how. I I think April maybe would have been the the year mark or the mm-hmm. two year mark when contracts would have ended. Um, so to extend it to uh, September third, which will be uh, five hundred ninety nine performances total, um, divvied up among the many different um, Fanny Bryces, uh, but. We all thought that we were going to hear about Roman Karimlu going back into Phantom. And he kind of is, but he's doing it in Italy, apparently. He's going to sing Phantom in Italian. Okay. All right. Live your best so, life. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they, yeah, they're going to uh, stay. Uh, Leah, Ra- uh, Raymond Karimlu, Jared Grimes, who plays Evan and won uh, the Tony, and Tova Felchu, who plays uh, Mrs. Bryce, We'll all be in the show until it ends, uh, as will... Julie Banco. Yes, as will Julie Banco. She's sticking around through the end of it as well to play however many times she gets to or needs to play. So, uh, Rip Funny Girl, you are not very good, but your star is. Well, and I think they've recognized that without a, a great big name... In that role, it's not mm-hmm. really a show people are going to choose to see. No, there's so many others, especially, I mean, Sweeney and Parade just opened. Yeah. Like, you can go see those. Wicked is still a thing. There's a whole bunch of other options to see on Broadway. Did you know that Broadway was more than just musicals? 
Cassie? I did, in fact, know that. Yes. Do you know that sometimes there's plays? Frequently, there's enough to do some Tony Awards every year. Yeah. Did you know um, that you can do sequels? You shouldn't. You can do plays, sequels? You shouldn't. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if it is a, a direct sequel. I'm not sure how it would be, but these would be the people who would figure out how to do it. Or if it's just uh, in the vein of a, another show that they've done. Preview performances begin March 17th at the Ethel Barrymore uh, with an opening scheduled for April 19th for Peter Pan Goes Wrong. That's not a sequel. It's a spiritual successor no. or a follow-up no. or within the same. It's still the, the Peter same. Pan story. It's just got it a little bit of a twist. The play goes wrong. The play goes wrong. Extended universe begins no, here. No, no, that doesn't count as a sequel. I think it might. And until I see it and know that it isn't, uh, I don't know. I, I, it might a be. sequel it might be. is a continuation of the original story. You have to continue the original story. You have to continue the original story. You have and to this continue isn't. This the is just a story. twist on the original story. This okay. Well, see, it might be a continuation of it because I'm fairly certain. Have you seen the play goes that goes wrong? I'm have familiar it with it. Okay, so the framing device is that it's a bunch of actors at uh, college mm-hmm. putting on this show. They keep the framing device for Peter Pan, is my understanding. So it might actually be a sequel. Not having read the script, I don't know for sure. Um, to me, it doesn't sound like Which would like be it. bonkers. It would be absolutely bonkers if it's just the same characters just telling, mm-hmm. you know, their junior show instead of their sophomore show. But can we, can we talk about musical sequels for a little bit because musical sequels all right all right they exist and they shouldn't and i will die on that hill you just really want to talk about our good friend andy don't you listen andy is one transgressor uh but you sent me a bad cinderella poster i'm gonna hang it up (laughs) you did you should hang that up in a place of honor it's going right it's going right Right there. there you're gonna have to stare at it every time we record so i I don't know for sure how many musical sequels exist in the world. The answer, thankfully, is not many, but there are at least three. And I'm pretty sure that at least two of them meet my parameters. I'm not sure about the third because I don't know enough about how it came to be in what order. Okay. Lay it out. Okay. So you have, of course, Love Never Dies, which is the Mm. sequel to Phantom of the Opera. Sure is. You have Grease 2, and this is the one I'm not sure fits my parameters because I don't know if it came before the movie or if the movie came before the musical, the stage musical. For Grease? Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, w- is there a, yeah, yeah, there is a Grease 2 on stage. There's a Grease now. 2 yeah. on stage, but I don't know if it is a s- direct sequel to Grease the musical or if it is just a mu- stage musical adaptation of Grease 2, the movie. Okay. And the third that would require some more. Yeah, that, that would, would require, require little, some more research, research for sure. Is this when we get to talk about your uh, amazing high school th- uh, theater experience again? This was not high school. This oh. was my first. Well, it was not my first show, but it was my my 
debut like big role there is a sequel to Annie and it's called it is called Annie Warbucks not Annie 2 no but when I tell not you Annie Jr no Annie Jr is a different thing sure when is. I tell you that. when I tell you that Annie Warbucks is a direct sequel I mean that literally the last song of Annie is the mm-hmm. first song of Annie Warbucks. There is no time gap between these Naturally. two stories. Annie Warbucks Absolutely. starts on Christmas Day after the Hannigans have been arrested and taken out of the mansion. They get to sing, they get to finish the song that they sang at the end of Annie before a new threat walks through the door and says, No, you can't adopt Annie. And I was in this when I was nine. Yes. I played Annie. Annie? I, I was Annie? Annie. I was. Yes. I was Annie when I was nine years old. And here's... <laughs> I find musical sequels to be so bizarre because a sequel is only really successful if you're familiar with the first story. Right? Yes. So... Like, you have to have a frame of reference. You you do. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And I grant you, Phantom, Grease, and Annie are three very well-known shows. Yes. This is, this is true. Yes, they are. But they're not universal. Like, you can't guarantee... Like, by writing a musical sequel, you are automatically kind of narrowing the parameter of people who are going to come see your show. Because they have to right. know the original... And they have to like it well enough to be curious about what else are you doing with this story. Yeah. What could possibly happen next? Uh, Love Never Dies is the obvious one to talk about. Um, you know that opened on the West End in 2010? This show is 13 years old. Oof. Um, I remember, uh, I believe I was a freshman in college when this came out, and I remember getting the uh, two CD box set of the cast recording shipped to my dorm room. Ryan. I know. I felt so cool. And then I listened to it. I have a story about Love Never Dies that is my second favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber story that also involves a cat. Well, he does have a theme. Yeah. Is it so, a bad cat? It is a bad cat. Oh, no. Because apparently when Andrew Lloyd Webber composes, he doesn't write anything down and he doesn't compose on a computer. He composes on an electric keyboard. Okay. He he plays the song and records it and saves it in the keyboard. In the keyboard. And that's the only place it exists. That seems like a bad idea. Doesn't it? And apparently he had written like half of Love Never Dies and then his cat walked across the keyboard and deleted everything. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds like a good friend Andy. Oh man. Uh, and for I don't the record, know 100% that that story is true, but I need it, is. it to be it true. It has to be. It has to be soul. true. It is so ridiculous that you can't make it up. Andrew Lloyd Webber is quoted as to have said about Love Never Dies, I don't regard this as a sequel. It's a standalone piece. So 
He wants me to believe that I can go in and I can just watch Love Never Dies and I don't need any previous context. He later clarified, clearly it is a sequel. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, Andy. But I really do not believe that you have to have seen Phantom of the Opera to understand Love Never Dies. And as as the person on this show who has listened to this show mm-hmm. the most uh, and feels and is unfortunately the expert, the show doesn't work super well, but I don't think you have to have seen Phantom. It feels like one of those shows where it's like, if you know Phantom and you understand it, it provides greater context and you'll enjoy it more. But it doesn't feel like a direct sequel or you have to have one to have two it just it can it can work on its own um or alternatively um the show doesn't work already so it doesn't matter so it doesn't if you know the first one like it doesn't make it that much worse there's a couple of real good tunes uh beauty underneath is real good devil take the hindmost is pretty good Uh, and uh till i hear you sing which the phantom um sings uh and was originally done by uh ramen krimloo uh, is also very good. Uh, the show's not good. There are no good songs in Annie Warbucks. I and, believe that. And I, I can speak with authority on that because 25 years later, I still remember a lot of them. It's upsetting to me. That's terrible. You shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't. I should be able to flush them from my mind, but I cannot. I cannot. I, I have some news. <laughs> I have found an article listing eight musical sequels. Oh, okay. What are some eight. other ones? And do they meet? Do they meet my parameters? In chronological question. order, I am reading this as I'm reading it. Uh, the Talk of New York, George M. Cohen's "45 Minutes from Broadway," was the Broadway hit of 1906. Uh, Mary's a grand old name. So long, Mary. 45 minutes from Broadway. The plot is not really worth recounting here, is the actual line, which is probably why they found it easy to mount a sequel, The Talk of New York, um, the following year with Victor Moore starring. Neither was a hit, but it counts to make it on this list. I <laughs> okay. See? Great. I Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't uh, know. Let him be- eat cake. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just... Talk about that one first. Yeah, I was talking about... You said 1906? 1906. Okay, but that's before musical theater emerged as the format that we know it as today. Yeah, it's probably more like a a, a minstrel-y type show with a narrator or somebody like loosely tying it together, and they just kept that character, and we're like, let's do it again. Yeah, I don't know that I would count that. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Let Him Eat Cake. George and Ira Gershwin wrote Of the I Sing, uh, and it was a huge hit, and it ran for 440 performances on Broadway in 1931, won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. It was the first musical to win that. And then they did Let Him Eat Cake, which shows uh, President Wintergreen's uh, defeat in his bid for re-election, which inspires him to join forces with former Vice President Alexander Throttlebottom. Which is the correct oh, amount of syllables. Gershwins, what were you to doing? To take over the government by creating a fascist movement. It did not work and closed after 89 shows and has been preserved as a studio cast album in 1987. 
But that is a direct sequel. That is a direct the sequel. Plot and lines I think up. I think there's a reason we've never heard of it. Sandy Wilson's The Boyfriend was a send-up of musicals in the 1920s and introduced Julie Andrews to American audiences. A little over a decade after that happened, Sandy Wilson wrote a follow-up that takes place 10 years later named Divorce Me, Darling. Ran on the West End, and then 20 years later, it came to North America. Uh, we do have the 1964 <laughs> London cast and a Chinchester Festival revival cast starring Ruthie Henshaw. That was a lot. Uh, sounds like some of the characters uh, follow over. And how, it's just parody. How many of these sequels are like directly negating whatever the original was? Uh, well, that is a great segue. <laughs> you could not have set this up better. Hey, Cassie, awesome. do you know what? Do you know what Bye Bye Birdie is? Uh, unfortunately. You know, that that opened in April 1960 and ran over 600 performances and won four Tonys. Um, 20 years later, they wrote a sequel. To Bye Bye Birdie. Called, yeah. What do they call it? What do they call it? If it's Bye Bye Birdie, they wrote Bring Back Birdie. Oh, okay. In the sequel, we find out that Conrad Birdie disappeared after being discharged and 20 years later stands to make... $20,000, uh, they'll make a lot of money if they can make a triumphant return on live TV. Uh, very Elvis. Uh, so it's the same characters. It's 20 years later. Uh, Bring Back Birdie opened on Broadway in March 1981 with Cheetah Rivera leading that cast. Phenomenal. Along, um and then they couldn't get Dick Van Dyke to come back. Oh shucks. And do it. So they got some guy named Donald O'Connor. I know him. Yeah. For those who don't, that's Cosmo from Singing in the Rain. And there is a cast album. Um, Cheetah Rivera did get a Tony nomination for her performance, but the production did not fare well. It closed after how many performances? Three. Four. Ah, that was close. Yeah. March of the Falsettos and Falsetto Land are both technically sequels to In Trousers. Okay. It's a trilogy. <laughs> Musical trilogies make even less sense. It is a whole trilogy. So that's a whole, that is a whole, I don't even want to talk about the Falsetto Land world. There are two Annie Musical sequels, apparently. Really? Yes. Wow, this is a long article. Actually, no, I'm vaguely familiar with the There's other. There's Annie, Annie 2, colon, Miss Hannigan's Revenge, and then also Annie Warbucks. Yeah. So looks like it was a whole, like, hot mess of a whole lot of things, and nobody liked it, and it was never good, and it was not great. And then Annie Warbucks was basically them, the same team saying, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to try again. Yeah, so Annie Warbucks was the second attempt at a sequel. And really yeah. it just became, how many of FDR's policies can this tiny orphan child actually be responsible for? Because if you remember from the first stage version, not from either of the movies, they cut it for the movies, but for the stage version in the first Annie, she is the reason Franklin Delano Roosevelt comes up with the New Deal. Sure is. And 
In Annie Warbucks, she is the reason why he comes up with the Tennessee Valley Authority. Sure. Just, you know, sheer happenstance that this orphan child gets to be in the same place as the president, not once, but twice. Twice. Within, well, he, within like a three-week period also, he just is as a reminder. He is in a chair. He is stuck in a chair, so he can only go so far. Um, when I played Annie, my older brother played Franklin Roosevelt. I don't know if that's good or not. Uh, it's funny. It is funny. Um, Because he was in seventh grade and his voice hadn't changed yet. That sounds right. But yep. he wanted everybody to think that it had. Oh, no. So he did the seventh grade boy thing where you talk down like this, like, look how deep my voice is. And we do. There yeah. is a recording yeah, uh-huh. of this, Ryan. Good. Good. Footage good, good. exists. Is this a is this a Patreon episode? Oh, God. See, I've already I watched it with the HYT students like three years ago, pre-pandemic. Okay. Like, I, okay. I swore that this video would never see the light of day. And then I was like, eh. The audio quality is really bad because it's a DVD that was made of a VHS tape that was 20 years old that mm. was filmed in 1997. Okay. Um, okay. So if you don't already know what's being said, it's really hard to understand <laughs> That's fair. any That's of fair. the lines. So I had to keep, like, pausing it for the kids to like give them a quick synopsis of like this is what happened in that scene because i know you can't understand any of it okay but you know what you know what you can see because the visual quality is also not great but you know what you can see nine-year-old cassie gesturing everything over her head with full (laughs) big arms full big arms well you had you had to frame the red wig right oh my god don't even i don't even want to talk about the wig ryan it was so bad Cassie, did you have to wear a wig? Yes. We offered to dye my hair, and they said, no, we've got a wig. It was a bad wig, Ryan. <laughs> did you get lice from the bad wig? I did not get lice from the bad wig. Okay. But that's it was, the, I did get worst. stuck in that's one of my costumes during a quick change because of the bad wig. There it is. There <laughs> it is. There's one more sequel on this list, Cassie. Do you know the show The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? I've heard of it. There's a sequel. Is there? Yep. The Best Little Whorehouse goes public. It wasn't before? It tells the story of The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and local government efforts to shut it down. They reunite uh, for the sequel uh, with the original director, choreographer, and writing team, uh, to do Texas Goes Public and it had the IRS coaxing former Madam Mona to come out of retirement to run a Las Vegas whorehouse that owed the government $26 million in back taxes. Whiz. The best little whorehouse Goes Public opened on Broadway in May 1994 but was not well received. The production closed after two weeks. I am noticing... A there trend. is a cast recording. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing a trend with all of these sequels as you read these yeah, descriptions. Yep. Uh, they almost all contain the phrase, it was not well received. Yeah, so like maybe don't do it. So why do we keep writing them? Because, Cassie, there's money in it. Is there though? Because it doesn't sound like there is. Same reason we make sequels to movies because there's money in it. Here's the difference. For me, and the There's, reason why yeah. I will die on the hill that musical sequels don't work. When you make a sequel to a movie, mm-hmm. 
generally speaking, the audience has the ability to watch the first movie before they watch the sequel. True. So it's like they don't yep. remember exactly what happens. Okay, let's go, you know, watch this. If I'm, yeah, if before I'm like, I go before I go see, you know, Creed 2 tonight in the theater, I can watch Creed 1 this afternoon. Yeah. But if your local community school production is putting on Annie Warbucks and you're a little fuzzy on like the events of Annie. How dare you? I know. How dare you be I know, funny right? on the events of Annie, the world's greatest musical. Or <laughs> God, no. Sorry, the second the second greatest musical after Oklahoma. <laughs> I but hate like, them both. And and yes, I'm aware that movie versions of Annie exist and movie versions of Grease exist and a movie version of Phantom of the Opera exists. I I am aware of that. However, they make changes for those things. It's not going to be mm-hmm. the same story that they're actually writing the sequel about. Right, right. Yep. And so, like, you, you're just banking on the fact that people remember enough to get by. I joked mm-hmm. with Chase for a while. I would, I will never direct Annie unless I'm absolutely forced to. I don't like that show. Yes, agreed. But I, I, I joked with Chase about like, we should do Annie with my theater company, but we should also do Annie Warbucks, except not tell anybody that we're doing both of them and just audition Annie and then bring the audience in. And they see act one of Annie and then we have an intermission and then we do act two of Annie. But because it's literally a direct segue into Annie Warbucks, we just keep going. Yeah, you just keep going. We just keep going. And the audience just sits there going, act two is a lot longer than I thought it was. (laughs) And then we just lock the doors until we finish the story. when you do this. Yes. You get to the end of uh, Annie proper, Annie prime. Yes. Yes. do you have bows? No, it, it literally just okay. goes straight okay. into Annie. It goes Warbucks. straight in. Okay, so do you do you then uh, do you have to do that final number slash opening number twice, or can you just do no, it once? No, you can literally you just, just segue <laughs> straight into it. That's amazing. Let's do it. Yeah, that's just like terrible. Right in, um, and that I had like I, a huge joke. I had forgotten this song that ends Annie, the stage musical, because it's not in any of the movies because it's bad. It's a bad song and starts mm-hmm. Annie Warbucks until I went to see my, um, one of my students when their school did Annie and he played Daddy Warbucks and I went to go see it. And it was like the first time in a really long time I'd seen the actual proper like stage show of Annie, not Annie Jr., but like the stage show of Annie. Hey, it's bad. It's not good. It's, it's really awful. And they start singing this last song and I like had a mildly traumatic flashback in the theater because I had forgotten that this song existed and also that it started Annie Warbucks. And I just had flashbacks, man. And I was like, oh, God, this song. Oh, no. Some PTSD going on there. Theater induced PTSD. A little bit. Listen, there was a dog and, and they had a live dog, like a real dog, not a person playing a dog. And I had to mm-hmm. hang out with this dog for like half the show and yep. it was not a well-behaved dog and it didn't like me and the feeling was mutual. Yeah. It was a whole thing, That's, Ryan. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, you'll never have to do it again, but it it's okay because you know what, Cassie? Mm-hmm. 
The sun will come out tomorrow. Oh, God. I learned that song, too. As soon as I got cast as Annie, I was like, well, I got to learn mm-hmm. this song. So I learned the whole song and then went to my yeah. first rehearsal and realized it wasn't in the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, little Cassie, that's not it. <laughs> it's not how it works. It's not how that works. No. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you talked about it. So you talked about Annie and Annie 2 or Annie Warbucks or uh, Daddy Warbucks or Miss Hannigan's Very Bad Show or whatever it's called. Uh, are you doing that this year? Because I thought we already knew your your season. Oh, yeah. No, that was another lie. I don't even what remember was? what you guessed last week. What did I guess um, last time, Cassie? Puffs and Mamma Mia. You're not doing puffs? I can't do puffs, man. Are you sure? Zach Robb found out about it and he rioted. It was a whole thing. Okay. There was a picket line in front of my house. Cassie? Yeah? There are students that listen to this show. Mm-hmm. That will likely be in whatever this show is. Yes. Are you sure that you're going to break their hearts and not do puffs? Maybe next year. That is the best answer. Maybe next year. That is the that's best always answer. my answer. Maybe next year. You know me as a person, right? Did you really think I was going to do Mamma Mia? I was surprised by the choice. I thought maybe the old board forced you into it and you were locked in a right struggle. That doesn't sound that far fetched. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. Now. To guess again this time, which will be the last time, because I will actually uh, get this right eventually. Um, mm-hmm. I need to first segue with, uh, I was at a bar with Chase the other night and several of our friends talking about many theater things. And the topic of the Horizon season came up and I had to walk away. I'm so proud of you. So this is a bit. It's also not a bit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Ryan does not actually know the answer to this question. It's great. There are only a small number of people who do. As Although apparently, be. apparently that number has grown out of my control slightly. I don't, I don't know. know who I my was not there. I was not there. So I don't know if show titles were actually discussed. So um, I've been getting a lot of amusement out of um, one of our students. And I say R because you also worked with this student, mm-hmm. Rose, um, who is going into her senior year. Yes, the flower child. The flower child who desperately wants to know what the season is for her senior year. And her mom Why is on the you? board. Yeah, yeah. And so her mom, I'm very proud of Karen, has been very tight-lipped, like has not mm-hmm. has not let anything okay. slip. Okay, all right. Um, but I, I started getting text messages from Rose like two weeks after the decision was made going, have you decided on the season yet? You can tell me. You can tell me. I'm a steel trap. I'm a safe vessel. And so my new favorite game has been whenever I'm around Rose to find an HYT alumni and tell them what the season is in uh-huh. front of her. Oh, good. Oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And I've I've done that like three times so far. This feels like a really good way to build and instill like trust with your ass oh, actors. Yeah, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds great. Um Rose, send me your guesses because I'm running out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I know you don't like 
doing shows that everyone else in the area is doing. That's true. But I do know you like this script. Okay. So I think, um, and I'm actually pretty excited to see this. There's been a couple other ones in the area that I haven't gotten to see. Um, so I'm excited to see it. I'm going to pause before you make this guess because I'm I'm a little bit worried about you actually guessing. And like, I'm worried about my ability to maintain the bit. That's great. Uh, if you I can actually edit get it things. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, I think your 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 play, mm-hmm. which might be fall or spring, that's TBD. We'll see. I think your play is Peter and the Starcatcher. Peter and the Starcatcher. Interesting guess, considering that you did guess Peter Pan earlier. I did, but that's a musical. For the musical. That is a musical. That is a musical. Peter and the Starcatcher is a play with music. It's a very good script. It is a very good script, and I do like it a lot, and it's been on my directing shortlist for a while. Which is why you're doing it. Exactly. I'm finally getting to do this show that I've loved since I saw it in New York. That's so great. When I did it, we did it in the round, which was both great and terrible. It was really so, cool to watch. It was real cool to watch. It was a just a mm, pain to light. That was mm-hmm. not good because we did it on an actual stage and not an in-the-round space. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked mostly. I think it worked for the show. I think it worked for the script. The tech kind of needed some help. But uh, very excited to watch you do that. Um, yeah. That'll be great. That'll be great. I'm excited. Um, and then I assume then, because um, Peter and the Starcatcher is a decent-sized cast. Like, you can probably cast 20 or 25, depending on how you divide everything up. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a decent-sized cast, which means that your musical would need to be much smaller, right? Right, typically. Like, well, it's it's flexible, but yes. Like, like significantly smaller. Mm-hmm. Like tiny. Tiny, itty-bitty. Tiny, itty-bitty. Because, uh, children, you might not want to uh, listen to this next bit, but um, only two of you can do the musical. Because, Cassie, Cassie, you're doing the last five years, aren't you? For some reason, that's not the two-person musical I thought you were going to go with. And I was going to be really impressed that you knew my absolute all-time favorite two-person musical. But you're right. It is the last five years with children. I thought doing it with children. I think it'll really, it'll really drive it home. And because you know that I love adding a superfluous chorus to shows that shouldn't have one. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um, Like it's my favorite thing to do. I think every show should do it. Um, Because I'm probably going to, you know, add a chorus as well. Good. 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 Great. 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 Love Mm -hmm. that. Um, Are you going to have to write new songs or is it just going to be a bunch of oohs and ahs it'll be just oohs and ahs you know okay well-timed oohs and ahs yeah exactly yes maybe some swaying some just like big reactions in the background to things that are happening Mm -hmm. yeah like you know it's it's very on brand for me look that show is confusing so the course can only clear things up there's no way they can make it more confusing i was going to be really impressed with you if you pulled um daddy long legs out of your hat no, I did. I was not gonna pull Daddy Longlegs out of my hat because it has to. Because it has to be a show that people know. Cassie, I know it's my favorite obscure two-person musical. Last five years is obscure enough. So you've heard it here first. Peter and the Starcatcher, and the last five years. Last Only two of you years. get to do it. Well, the chorus. I'm not gonna. Sh- I'm not gonna sugarcoat it to these children. <laughs> They're gonna be at one rehearsal a week. Yeah. 
until well, because because Peter and the Starcatcher is obviously my older kids show, and yes. so um, the last five years will be the all ages production. Right. Yeah. So casting yeah, yeah. will be open as young as eight. This is a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a great. It's not it's a not, great joke. It's anymore. not a great joke, but I kind of want you to have to do it. <laughs> no, here's what I want. I want Tim to have to figure out how to fit some yes. choreography into that. So hey, Tim. that would hey, Tim. be great. That would be great. Good luck with that. Marvelous. Tim. What an episode, huh? What an episode. What an episode. Look, we've learned some things. We've laughed. Uh, we cried at Funny Girl Closing. Well, not really. but uh, And we have made it finally to the end of this week's episode. So thanks for uh, coming along with us on this journey. Uh, Paris is currently MIA. Paris? Where'd you go? I don't know. I have not seen them. It's been a couple of weeks. Hmm. Did you need them for something? Are they? Well, you know, a shelf in my house did collapse unexpectedly today. Okay. Okay. Uh, it broke some stuff that I'm kind of sad and upset about. So I hope that was in Paris. Uh oh. Maybe it was. But... That would that would explain why I haven't felt the presence of Paris. Right. Right. Paris is off. Uh haunting your house breaking stuff at my house i don't know why you need a ghost over there i don't i really don't i have chase who's poltergeist like enough for for anyone so uh paris needs to find something new to do okay we'll find something new for paris to do next time that's gonna be all from us this time uh you can follow us over on the ghostlight media patreon uh without which the show would not exist uh talk to us over on the discord server uh tell us why you think love never dies is an incredible musical you're wrong you are wrong you can try you can certainly try uh we're on twitter you can find us there that's gonna wrap up this episode so uh i'm ryan i'm cassie and join us next time by the ghost light This has been a Ghostlight Media production.